really the best way that shows gain legs is time and patience and dedication. Hey, welcome back to the OMN Alumni Podcast. I'm Steven Sandberg. Thanks again for downloading this episode or streaming it or listening to it illegally. However you get your podcasts, please don't listen to podcasts illegally. I am very excited to introduce our guest today. He is a podcast producer and editor based in Los Angeles, and he owns SF Productions, a podcast production business. It's Sean Fox. Sean, how's it going? Hello. Uh, It's going well. Uh, The question running through my mind is, what is illegally downloading a podcast? Like, there's got to be something, right? Like, there's got to be like an underground, like torrent market for podcasts. Yeah, I feel like it, the the closest I can get to thinking of something like that would be like taking an original from like Apple or Spotify and then like posting it on another, like posting it on Apple or posting it on Spotify. But they're pretty good about nipping that in the bud yeah like if someone clicks on this podcast and they hear like joe rogan or something like that that would uh, raise some alarm bells over that would definitely raise some alarm bells uh i imagine that's probably but that's not on them that's on the that's on the hoster but that that's that's on the person publishing the episode you know because it's gonna go it's gonna go up to a feed beforehand i'm getting too in the details it's great to be here (laughs) steven it's good to be here and good to talk to you it's been a long time uh how are you doing uh, I'm doing really well. Um, you know, the the recent sort of uh, shift um, to uh, remote work and um, kind of moving away from and kind of commuting back and forth between um, California and the Northwest is uh, been really, really interesting, but really fun. Uh, chaotic couple of years, but I've really enjoyed the ride so far. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about this journey you've been on. So you graduated from OSU, you were a member of KBVR, uh, and now you are running SF Productions, editing podcasts, producing podcasts for clients, and as you said, commuting back and forth between the Pacific Northwest and Los Angeles. Uh, tell me, how how did SF Productions come about? Yeah, so um, the origins of SF Productions was actually still while I was at OSU, um, a uh uh someone was um chatting uh with my mom and she was like they were like yeah you know our org is looking to to do this and that uh we just aren't exactly sure the equipment and she's like well my son works in radio like he doesn't do podcasting but um you know if if you need him to to if you want to call him like here's his number and um from there uh after a couple of phone calls and uh, consulting from what looking back on it now is kind of like a uh, very, like a very green podcaster um, looking mostly from a radio perspective um, turned into someone who went, I'll pay you to do this. And I went, sure. Uh, I had a job at a uh, different media company at the time. Um, and so it was very much kind of a side thing while I was working a couple of other jobs. And then, um, I got a message one day, um, on LinkedIn. Um, and it was this, uh, 
at the time, I, I think they've grown much more since then was this two woman production team known as Large Media. Um, and they were looking for an editor for um, one of their projects, just kind of like a very base editor. And um, I kind of jumped on board with them and kind of took the approach I took when I was at uh, OMN, which was like, if I'm allowed to show up, if I'm allowed to work this thing, then I'm, I'm going to try and, and make that work. And um, it, it kind of just took off from, from there with that, uh, that original client kind of going a little bit more serious into the production route. I still work with them to this day. And um, it's, it's been a really uh, fast, been a really fascinating ride. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do on a regular basis with SF Productions. You're working with clients, people are coming yeah. with podcast ideas, and mm -hmm. what what is your role when you step in and start working with them? Yeah, so uh, the short version of it is essentially, um, everyone always says I have a great idea for a podcast, and my whole job is basically like, I'm going to take you very literally in that and go, all right, you have this idea, let's set some of the foundational work to make that uh, a plausible thing. Let's work out some of the logistics. Let's look at format. Let's look at structure. Um, and then take you all the way to the RSS feed. Um, and what that would look like is show development. That is refining what the show's message is. That's thinking about who we're making the uh, show for. Uh, it's thinking about kind of like, what kind of music do you want to do? What kind of guests do you want to feature? What is the base? Uh, structure of the show going to look like? And then, you know, how many episodes do you want to make? How long do you want them to be? Those kind of questions. Um, and then kind of a more long form answer is it's a lot of editing. It's a lot of kind of refining that sort of um, those really crucial early aspects in the um, foundation of a podcast, like who is your audience? What are you making this for? And what is your uh, 10 words um, to kind of define the, the show you want to make and, and really getting that down and firm and then figuring out kind of what your goals are for the show. Because that's also a kind of key thing when you're going into this. It's like, you want to make a podcast? Great. There's a lot of them. Um, I, I can't remember if the podcasting space has crossed like a million active podcasts, but last I looked, they're at like three quarters of a million. It's a lot of them. And so, you know, I always try to consult people. It's like, you're indie. You may not have the budgets of like a Spotify production. So like, what are we making this for? And what are you looking to get out of it? Um, and uh, sometimes a little bit of vocal coaching and everything like that, which I find a ton of fun. Um, <laughs> the, the human voice and inflection and, and tone and cadence is, is so fascinating to me. Um, what sort of vocal coaching do you have to do with an average uh, client? Well, it starts with kind of like very basic microphone training. It's like, okay, one, like we can't be just right on the microphone. We got to give right, it a little Right, so we, we can't eat it like this. We, we can't eat that. No, no. Eating the microphone, it, I, I, I'm not the happiest when I've gotten some audio from someone who's just fully eaten the microphone. Um, and then it's a matter of kind of going like, all right, so when you're asking a question, one of them is like, you know, are you rounding down at the end of the sentence or are you rounding up at the end of the sentence? Um, because those differences in inflection of asking a question um, or asking a question, like those are, they're, they're weird little ticks and these are very exaggerated versions of what I actually 
advise folk to do, but like um, it's getting people more comfortable on the microphone and helping them hopefully get past and break through their first 10 episodes. Um, Cause I have a steadfast rule and belief that like, I work with a lot of folk who are, you know, experts in their field or, or have had a lot of success um, in, you know, medical practice, et cetera, et cetera not as much media training or, or anything like that. And it's a matter of going with anyone. Uh, you're not going to, if you haven't worked in an audio space, you're not going to love your voice the first time you hear it. Uh, that is a, almost a guarantee for everyone. Um, and so after 10 episodes, I'm always like, if you get through 10 episodes, you're going to look back at episodes one and two and go, what was I doing? Right. Um, and, and so that vocal coaching is a lot of just getting people comfortable on mic and then finding those little things where it's not going to be an immediate fix. It's going to be something that they're going to have to play out a little bit more, but like making them more of like, hey, like we're not trying to change your voice. We're not trying to change your personality. It's I want to use, I want you to use all that your voice has in it to the best of its abilities to like showcase and articulate the message you're trying to get across. Do you find that uh, a lot of folks come in with a very sing-songy kind of cadence uh, to their voice? Like one thing that my broadcast professor used to always uh, get on our case about was that every time someone speaks, it always comes across like that and everything is the same notes and then it ends like that. Sometimes I get, um, I've gotten a flux of things depending like there are some people who really go for the uh, NPR uh, style voice of, welcome to the podcast. I'm, uh, you know, Josh Smith, uh, never worked with a Josh Smith. We can cut Josh Smith's name out of there, even though I don't know one. Um, <laughs> all the Josh Smith listeners, all the Josh Smith are coming listeners after us. The world. Um, but, uh, it, it's either a little bit of that or it's, it's folks who, um, you can tell that like just the microphone being present, it being in front of them. Um, has shifted their voice from all right we're going to do a take to you know we were just chatting beforehand and there was all this vibrancy and livelihood you know, like there was all of this energy in your voice and as soon as i go all right uh let's get a first pass at uh this introduction um go ahead and give me your first read uh and it goes from someone being i'm really excited to be here to welcome to the podcast i'm your host sean fox like it's <laughs> it's it's that those nerves come in and I'm like, no, 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 no. Your voice is great. I want that energy. Um, right, because there's a difference when that red light goes on. Everything changes. I have I have had one person uh, do something that I used to do a lot that you always used to call me out for, which was my announcer voice. Oh, um, yes. Someone who came in and, welcome to my podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I laughed at myself and I was like, you know, my old advisor in college used to tell me that I do that exact same thing. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's fun to hear. And it's, it's uh, the really exciting part is getting to watch people kind of like go through that journey and get really comfortable with it. And I like your example of 10 episodes because it does take a while for people to get out of those vocal habits. You know, like mm -hmm. the announcer voice you mentioned, I did the same announcer voice when I was younger, mm -hmm. when I was in college. And it took me a while. It took me a while to stop talking like this and all of my narrations. And it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember multiple conversations you and I had where you went, 
that was a great show, but why are you using your announcer voice? And I'm like, <laughs> Stephen, this is the best voice I can do. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the best uh, voice is your own voice. It, then, you know, I it, it took me a little while to figure that out, but I was eventually like, oh, yeah, I can just talk. Um, <laughs> and it sounds uh, decent enough. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's getting folk comfortable in that space to realize that like, it, you know, um, that what they have to say is important. And I think that's that's kind of the other um, really big driver behind why I think I stay in the podcast space um, is a lot of the folk that I work with um, are really doing their best to disseminate really good um, information, um, resources, um, guidance, advice, everything like that. And I think that's the thing that I also um, am really inspired by what a lot of them come to do and what kind of keeps me going in that sort of uh, area is they just want, you know, people to live, you know, people to live healthier because they understand that like access to healthcare is really tricky nowadays, or like, you know, they, they want to understand, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. How, how do we unpack this? Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's been a lot of, it, it, it's the thing that really does keep me going in the spaces as someone who's a lifelong learner, like someone who's just like, give me a book, let me read. I want to know more things. Like, uh, it's, it's great. And what I love about podcasting when it comes to that concept is it's so easily accessible for mm -hmm. folks in that you can put it on in the background as you're doing something or put it on as you're driving to work and you're still able to get that unique point of view or get some information or learn something that maybe you wouldn't have had a chance to. Um, and in a way that everyone has available on their phones, you can get a podcast in 30 seconds, you know, related to a topic you want. Um, but like you were saying earlier, there, there's so many podcasts out there, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions. How do you how do you get above the din of, of all the podcasts out there? How, how, how do you rise above the roar of all these podcasts? Um, I think it starts from the beginning of knowing the ground you stand on. Um, I think nowadays I, I'm, I'm very much the belief that like we've had the internet for long enough now that like people can, people have gotten really, really good at um, sussing out authenticity. Even the like, uh, even people who may not use the internet that much can kind of like hear something like that. You like, you're, you're, you're reading the words on the page, but it doesn't feel like you mean them. Um, and so it, it comes down to me with, uh, it starts with building that foundation of understanding this is what you're building for. And I always kind of ask the question very early on the process of like, okay, are you going an inch deep and a mile wide? Are you trying to reach just as many people as possible and kind of just like do a blanket coverage of this section? Or are you going to go for a very, very niche market and just try to get a really active audience? Um, because the 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 thing is is that like with rising podcasts above the rest it's like i always tell folks it's like you're not going to start off like with like unless you've got a real like a, a much bigger budget than you're telling me um we're, we're going to work this up the indie way and you know a lot of that shows that like really the best way that shows gain legs is time and patience and dedication um 
And if that's not once they've gone live, that's in the pre-production section, that's in reviewing, that's in uh, cutting tape, that is in sound design, that is in marketing planning and everything like that. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, how much are you willing to put into this? And how long are you willing to kind of work with, you know, numbers that may only go like, you know, last month was 250, you know, and this next month is 300. Are you okay with that kind of like steady, like very substantial uh, movement up? Because yeah, there's a chance uh, you go viral and there's also a chance that we get struck by lightning tomorrow. Um, and I, I want you to know that that's not uh, a bad thing um, because I think that that time spent in that refining your voice, that development and everything like that, um, you find, I think, a lot more uh, power and impact to achieve those goals that you originally set out to do. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the goal um, I'm thankful that uh, a lot of the folks have is, is just that, like, inform, build the message and, and do everything like that. And um, it is building that long-term dedicated audience that's going to substantially um, benefit you a lot more. Because if you ever do want to monetize, having that audience who's willing to engage, who is willing to put down $3 a month on a Patreon and everything like that, you want consistency there. Um, not um, flash pan kind of stuff. Yeah. Who do you listen to and get inspiration from? Ooh, um, two, two very different questions, um, truthfully. Um, because I work with a lot of medical-based shows or um, hyper you know, uh, advice information, sometimes a very uh, heavy subjects. Um, I listen to just, just a mess of goofy shows. Um, comedic absurd um stuff that i'm like this is very separated from what i do on the day-to-day um that it's great um as for folk i listen to kind of on the more professional side of things um i kind of keep my ears out for whatever is um new and climbing i think the the show i'm really impressed with right now is um the big hit show um it's i think a spotify exclusive um and um them and um fiction podcasting um because i think the the thing that really impresses me about fiction podcasting is it is it's going to be a long form medium from the jump and the aspects of it that really impress me is uh and i, I do my best to take note of and think about is you're not only thinking in the long run, you're thinking in a whole season. What does this tell? What does this develop as a story? Um, and then obviously there are folk like NBR that, you know, they're, they, they regularly top the most downloaded charts and, and everything like that. And they're doing uh, amazing work. Um, but I, I think it's kind of a mix of those three. It's, it's the, it's the incredibly comedic and goofy, it is um, the folk doing the the really amazingly constructed fiction podcasts, um, and then NPR are probably the big three. My mic was muted there. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
a, a regular thing I do. I have a I have one that runs on Phantom Power, and so sometimes when everyone's rec- everyone else is talking, I'll just kind of mute uh, and depower it, and then I'll start talking. They're like, I can't hear you, and I'm like, give me just a moment. That is exactly what I did just then. I had to cough, mute, muted my mic, and then did not unmute my mic. Yes. And I have to say, Sean, you know, there's a little part of me that's a little self-conscious about this podcast today because you are so talented at what you do. I feel like I've got to make sure I'm on my game for this recording today because you are so talented and so smart that I, I don't want you to judge it. <laughs> I don't want you to, to see all of the, the cracks uh, in the no. veneer of this podcast. No. Okay. First of all, there is nothing to be self-conscious about like you i've I've listened to a couple of these are this is a very good podcast first hey that's high praise i appreciate that like i i'm a fan of it you've you've featured some really awesome folk um and uh i i i don't think i'm ever in a place to to judge a show on its production merits because i think if someone goes far enough back and finds like some of my earliest work in podcasting um <laughs> one of my uh one of my friends recently texted me that he founded uh found my very first podcast ever on uh soundcloud that i did when i was in high school um what was and, it about um i think it, it I don't remember, but he was telling me it was basically just me ranting into a microphone. Um, <laughs> I used to be into cars, and so I, I apparently talked about cars for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't remember any of it, and um, I'm, I'm going to probably over this weekend try to find it online and take it down if I can, um, just because it's one of those things where you're like, that. that's just one of those things you go, ah, oh, man. It's, it's the embarrassing Facebook photo right. uh, for someone who works in podcasting. Um, right. And I, I can't judge. You, you were also my, uh, my, my advisor when I was in school. Like y'all, y'all taught me half the stuff I know. It was, it was <laughs> you and everyone on the staffs I worked on for however many staffs I was a part of while I was there. Yeah. Well, let, let's take it back. Let's take it back to KBVR. You're wearing the KBVR FM hat right now, which I appreciate. And you were a DJ at KBVR. Uh, you were a staff member. Uh, you mm-hmm. did pretty much everything during your time there. Uh, what do you remember most about your time in college radio? Or what are some of your favorite memories of your time at KBVR? Oh, I have a lot of really great memories at uh, FM. Um, I regularly joked that it was, uh, it, I, I went there so often. Um, I think. One of my earliest memories was back in Snell. Um, I was a uh, late night DJ um, pretty regularly because I wanted to play um, hip hop and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there was a cutout of, I think it was Ron Burgundy's Anchorman. Um, and in the old Snell station, there was a, um, for those who, who were never there, there was a, you would walk basically in the door and go straight into a booth um, to do your show. Uh, and there was this long hallway to your right. And it was like a foggy night in October. It was like past, it was late. And uh, I'd done my whole show, come out, and there is something at the end of the hall, and it was a Ron Burgundy cutout that I didn't <laughs> notice on the way in. I don't think anyone moved it. I don't think anyone like snuck in during my show and placed it there, but I didn't notice it on the way in, and the motion-sensitive lights tripped as I was leaving. Um, 
probably jumped out of your skin, right? Oh yeah, very much. And then I walked out into a into a foggy night um, <laughs> in Corvallis. And I Bodes was like, well for that night. Yeah, it felt like a Silent Hill game was starting, and I was like, "Oh no, this isn't great." Um, <laughs> um, but there there are so many great memories. Um, uh, the the radio shows I used I used to do um, the getting to work with Folk and TV and working with the Barrow and everything like that. I mean. I I spent a lot of time with FM. I, I I think I worked there since I was a sophomore. Like I think I was I think I somehow uh, tricked each station manager into hiring me over the course of three years, <laughs> and uh, I I somehow got news director my first year I think, and then I went to promotions director under Mister uh, under Anthony, and then uh, Donald brought me on to do productions for my final year, um, and. I, I have excellent memories with uh, all of those staffs. And I honestly feel still to this day, like incredibly lucky that uh, I got to work there for uh, three years. What things did you learn from your time at KBBR that you still think about today? I don't know if there's something that I, 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 I particularly use every day because I think all of it is... In, in its own way and form now become very much the, the roots of which all of my current skill has grown out of. Um, and, and I think that in that way, it's kind of hard to just isolate one thing. I mean, probably the, the most direct answer would be cutting tape because that's a lot of uh, on the day to day what I do. Um, but uh, I, I, I think to even go beyond just that very narrow of a scope, it, it just becomes, I think, uh so much that it's kind of hard to to pick just kind of one i remember during part of your time at kbvr you did a morning show which i really enjoyed driving into work and listening to your show now i cannot convince djs anymore to take morning shows for the life of me they don't want to get up that early and do it so what's what's your take on a on a college radio morning show why is it a good thing and why should people do it okay so I'm, I'm going to preface this and say I am a morning person to begin with. Like I grew up in a family of morning people. Like I, I still like when I sleep in, it's usually only till like 8 a.m. Um, but I think there's there's something really fun. And I think the thing that got me to the station each morning was like I had a spring morning show, which means that by the the time I got into the booth and played like my first couple of songs, I basically just got to watch the sunrise in the booth. Um, and I didn't always have time to get my coffee beforehand or get coffee beforehand or anything like that. So uh, it was, it was kind of this like really great way of being like the sun's up. I think I, I can't remember what the theme of that show was, but it was like, the sun's up and I'm excited to be here because it's nice out and it's sunny and uh, I'm already, you know, on campus and kind of doing my thing. But um, that that I think was the big thing that sold me on doing a morning show. Plus, at the time, I was like, oh, like like drive time is the time for radio. So like, pardon me if I want a lot of listeners and to reach a lot of folk this is the time because it's, it's drive time. Like it's, it's between those commuter hours where people are going to work and all that such and such. So 
um, there's there's more of a chance people to tune it in. There you go. You've heard it here first, folks. Do a college radio morning show. You heard it straight from Sean Fox. 100%. Even <laughs> if it's just for the sunrise uh, while you're doing the show, like it's, it's, it's totally worth it. 100%. Right on. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to do some fun stuff with Sean Fox coming up right after this. And we're back. We're talking with Sean Fox of SF Productions. Sean, you edit podcasts, you work with clients who create podcasts, and they're coming to you with an idea. And one of the first questions you ask them about is what they want to do with it and what is their goal for the podcast. So I wanted yeah. us to do a little little game here. Like a game? I, I want to pitch you a podcast idea like I'm a client. Okay. And I want to walk through what you would do to develop that podcast idea with me. If I walk in off the street and say, I want to make a podcast about X. Okay. What questions you would ask me to develop that into a, a, a good podcast idea. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. Game? Let's, let's give this a go. Okay. Um, I have a random topic generator open here. I'm going to <laughs> click it and we're going to see what sort of topic it gives me. So we're going to okay. fly by the seat of our pants here a little bit. Okay. All right. Are okay. you ready, Sean? Yeah, let's let's give this a go. Okay, our topic is movie soundtracks. Okay. Okay. So, hello, Mr. Fox. Uh, my name is Stephen Sandberg. I would like to hire you to help me develop my idea for a podcast about movie soundtracks. Well, Mr. Sandberg, it's very nice to meet you. Um, it's very interesting. You have a name similar to my old broadcast advisor. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of us out there. There's <laughs> there's a lot of you out there. Uh, I think my first question is. Um, you know, you, you have this idea for a movie soundtrack podcast. Have you, have you thought about it any further than, you know, how long do you want it to be? Uh, who's, who's your host? Um, I, I just wanted to, to sit at a mic and I like movie soundtracks and I just kind of want to sit and talk about them. Okay. Um, I, I think that's great. I think the first thing we're going to do is let's, uh, let's flesh it out. What are some of the first soundtracks that you want to talk about? And uh, what are you thinking about? You know, uh, what, what do you think about maybe like a 30 minute length time? Or are you thinking more like an hour and a half? Are you planning out what you're going to be talking about? Are you, are we featuring music? I know these are a lot of questions right at the start, but uh, I want to, I want to have the best understanding of your idea before we dive into any sort of recording. Yeah, I think about 30 minutes uh, for an episode would be good. And um, I want to come on and talk about my favorite movie soundtrack. So I'm talking like uh, John Williams and his uh, soundtracks to um, Star Wars and uh, Indiana Perfect. Jones and things like Perfect. that. Perfect. Now, we do run into a tricky thing with movie soundtracks in that it's it's going to be hard to play those ah. um as uh, movie soundtracks are probably going to get us if not copyright stricken especially with ones that famous um in some sort of legal trouble uh and now while media law is not an expertise of mine i may say what if um we consider talking about maybe what makes certain elements of the uh, soundtrack spectacular. Now you're looking at kind of a 30 minute um, timestamp here. Is that scripted, unscripted? Like, are you thinking about writing this out? Or are you thinking about just kind of getting on a mic, just talking your way through this? 
Uh, now that you bring it up, I think maybe I should probably come up with a script. I think a script would serve you really well because really think about it. Like the way that they approach, particularly John Williams, um, the, the creation of those motifs and everything like that. I'm a Howard Shore guy myself, but that's because I love the Lord of the Rings movies. They're a comfort thing for me. Um, is always the way that they construct a symphony and everything like that is you you have those really amazing reprieves or sometimes the brass section is in here doing this. And so I wonder maybe if we pivot from the 30 minute thing to maybe almost something like, we're not gonna feature any of the music, but you're going to become this expert. You're going to tell people the beauty of movie soundtracks, not only from the like, this is the scene it played and everything like that, but you're going to help be let people become more conscious movie soundtrack listeners. Uh, you're okay. going to talk them through what is so amazing about the Moss Eisley Cantina uh, song and why this has become probably one of the most recognizable pieces of uh, Star Wars music? Is it because of a certain chord progression or is it uh, the way that they constructed the symphony? This is going to be the kind of thing. So I want you to, I want to know next, how comfortable are you with doing a fair amount of research? Oh, I can geek out about this all day. I can, I can research these, uh, these songs and these soundtracks and these movie scores. Amazing. Um, so I think like maybe you focus each season on maybe some of your favorite moments from either you go composer or you go property. So if you go property, then you can go like, this season we're exploring the Star Wars soundtracks, you know, Duel of Fates, the Mos Eisley Cantina. And then maybe you go to, uh, uh, did John Williams also do Jaws? He did do Jaws, yes. And Indiana Jaws. Jones and um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and all, all the old Spielberg do, movies. Did he do John Carpenter's The Thing? No, no, actually, but but the composer on that, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Ennio Morricone, uh, did the good, the bad, and the ugly, and um, Once Upon a Time in the West, and a lot of classic spaghetti westerns. So another good you composer. Know, that could all yeah. So I think the thing is, is maybe you pick your favorite to do for the first season. If it's John Williams, let's go with John Williams. And then maybe the thing you could do for your listener is you have a poll up for. Uh, at the end of each show, hey, let me know what season you'd like me to do next. And that way your audience is allowing to kind of get on board and uh, kind of help direct the content. Because if you can geek on this for hours, people will want to hear about that. Passion is the most tangible thing. And I think arguably one of the most valuable things you can have in podcasting. And it, 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 if you can talk about movies, cinema, soundtracks, and, and scores like that, and, and let people know what they're listening to, because classical music is sometimes hard to decipher in those ways. You know, music composition is sometimes hard to decipher in those ways. If you can help with people's music literacy in that way, I think you've got a really great foundation there to build from. Gosh, I'll be honest, Sean. I actually kind of want to listen to this podcast now or make it. <laughs> like, let's, when we get off the air here, let's you and I, yeah. let's get yeah. this going. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, yeah, this will be a fun little randomizer thing. And I was telling you off mic, I was like, I'm really worried that we're going to get like the monarch butterfly or like, <laughs> I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to talk about mushrooms, but we got movie scores. Um, 
And uh, the more I started talking, the more I was like thinking through this, I'm like, this is actually a fairy that I, I, would, I would listen to this for sure. Yeah. Well, let's see what else we would have gotten. We won't do, do the whole exercise, but I kind of want to yeah. see what another one would have been if I had clicked differently. Uh, retirement. Hmm. That actually might be interesting. Ooh. Um, um, I think my immediate thought would be... Um, we don't talk about people looking at retirement now. We talk to young people and ask them what they imagine their retirements to be like. Um, I think a lot of retirement focuses on the financial viability of retirement. And I, I think one thing I've learned from the medical aspect of aging um, is that like things like amnesia and dementia um, are potentially more prominent in folks who don't have a plan for what to do in their retirement, um, who don't have activities or, or things in mind that's, uh, that give them that joy uh, to do that. And I, I almost wonder if sitting down and asking people about what they would want their retirement to look like and what they think uh, and, and, and do they think retirement in the modern sense might be possible for them? And if so, why? And then maybe we do a little bit of like, um, financial analysis of like, Hey, you know, if, uh, if you're, a, if, if you're a young person, what is the financial viability of retirement look like? Um, because I think that is another one of those things where, uh, you, you look at it in the economics, uh, have, have shifted where it's, it's a, a lot harder nowadays to, uh, find that retirement savings than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. These are some good ideas. I like this. Okay. Maybe we should just use the random topic generator more often. We'll just develop a whole podcast network based on there these random topics. There you go. Sean, I really like the questions you asked uh, when we were doing that little game there. Uh, do you find when clients come to you with a podcast idea, do you find they're, they're more developed than just, hey, I, I've got an idea? Or are there some folks that come in and just say, here's a topic I want to talk about, and then you've got to coach them kind of to that same extent? I mean, it, I, I have had folk come to me with kind of a little bit of um, everything from kind of what you were like, I want to talk about movie soundtracks and I just kind of want to sit in front of a microphone for 30 minutes and talk um, to like, I want it to be, um, you know, focused on X, Y, Z. I want it to be this long. I want to interview these people. Um, and then, pardon me. Um, it, it's then just about like, okay, like kind of getting a little bit more deep into the weeds and kind of going, uh, in a, in a polite way as possible going like, there are a lot of podcasts that are two people sitting down in front of a microphone. Let's make sure that like, we're finding the, that let's, let's find that voice in there that, that, you know, adds that, that distinctiveness to it. Cause that's, that's what I'll, that's, that's what they do. You know, that's, that's what makes those unique. The, the really great part is a good host and a good editor. And, and, uh, and if it's well-produced, sounds really easy it sounds really smooth and i think that's the thing that um can get overlooked a lot is that like people who are really good at their job make something look really really easy uh when in truth there's just a lot of work particularly in podcasting that goes into i guess in, in pretty much every medium um that goes into 
the final product that you see. Yeah, a lot that goes on behind the scenes before we ever get to listening to it. Yeah, a lot happens between an idea and an RSS feed. Well, Sean, that was a fun exercise we did there. I really appreciate you you stepping up and being game for it. And you have been a lovely guest. Thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast today. This has been a joy. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, uh, It's been amazing to be here. If folks want to connect with you or take a look at some of your work, where can they do that? If you want to find me uh, online uh, to talk podcast, uh, you can find me online at sfpodcast.com. Right on. Sean, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. Let's do this again soon. That would be great. Looking forward to uh, chatting about our uh, movie soundtrack podcast. Look for it uh, on iTunes and Spotify very soon. There we go. My thanks again to Sean Fox for coming on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Orange Media Network, just go to orangemedianetwork.com. You can check out all the students' work there, and make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steven Sandberg. We'll see you next time.